1: or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: He's underrated.
1: Because you got to pay Joe.
2: He's underrated. Um, Aaron Rodgers said, all right, give me all the money. Devontae Adams walks, and they missed the playoffs. Um, Russell Wilson in Seattle. Russell Wilson was going to Super Bowls before he got the big deal and then what happened they fell off i mean it's it's a real i mean that's the uh, you have to have a salary cap because otherwise it would just be it would be exactly the same teams every single year but it it does sort of it does kind of cap you in a way weirdly like you, you you everything you do of every, it does. every move you make is in the spirit of trying to go out and find the generational quarterback until you got to pay him and then it's like all right well that was fun we're going to take a step back it's just weird it's totally which, weird. To which
3: be. is, I told you, there, there's there's a difference. Baltimore isn't built around Lamar Jackson. They're they're built more specifically around Lamar Jackson's rookie deal. Yep. That's how they've been able to go out have a defense yep. like they've had. Everything else, same for Philly. Yeah, and now that it's time to pay up, you see the deal. They don't want to do it. See, because it's built around him being on well, that QB. Well, because they deal. know. They
2: know if 100%. they pay the QB, they're going to lose out on what makes their their team
3: what it is. 100%. And they've already cheaped him out on weapons and those sorts of things. They they've spent a lot of that money on the defensive side, but that's and and listen, they won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. So you can understand maybe that way of thinking, but that, that's the point is that this Baltimore got to find a new way to win yep. with a paid Lamar Jackson yep. in terms of what you're going to be able to put around well, him. Well, right. that's why Tyreek Hill, everything is not what, in KC. That's right. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Had,
2: he had to go. That's why I think what Mahomes did this year was so impressive because he had a career high in passing with, let's be honest, a very mediocre wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, Baudez scantling
3: and, I mean, Kadarius Toney. Well, you love to call uh, Hardiman's name, don't
2: you? I do like McCole but he's like like really an average receiver. I mean, he ain't like mm-hmm. some
3: after all I just figured he was coming out your mouth next.
2: He's been hurt. He's going to make his name known though on <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Remember when I came on here and I was uh trying to get Chris Conley to the Raiders? Remember that?
3: Yes, that was weird.
2: Well, Mahomes just makes these dudes look so much better than they are. That's that's the that's the problem. And then when you start playing with quarterbacks not named Patrick Mahomes, you go back to being what you really are. Um so yeah, I just, I find that kind of interesting. Like, you do everything you can ever possibly do to identify a franchise
3: QB, but you don't want to pay him. Well, that's the point that, the, that some have made about the Bears and that number one pick is that because this front office didn't draft Justin Fields, yep. right? That's not their guy. Nope. Now, you may, they may have been convinced that he can be, yep. but because he's not, that looking at trading him, right, including him in a trade, taking Bryce Young and including just Fields to trade to see what you get back would make some sense because it because for, for a, a main reason, it resets it your quarterback totally on the rookie does. salary it scale. It totally does. Yeah, you're set for another five can, years on that.
2: You can try and see what you can build in the next five. Exactly,
3: with your $100 million in cap space. Because you'll be in year three of Justin, Correct. right? Correct. Correct, yeah. and getting closer to figuring out what you're going to do that with fifth-year options be, and everything. I just, you would reset that rookie salary and give yourself more of a chance to win, especially if, if you believe that Bryce can get it done and yeah. with the right things around well, him. I just so it would I, be something you'd have to consider strong. I think
2: you consider it, but I just don't – don't It's you, whether you believe in fields. I don't think you guys are close enough to, to do that. I mean, do you think you're close enough to win something of substance no, in the, the next five years? No, you would five five
3: need years? to be the 49ers if you're going to have a rookie quarterback in there. Yeah. No, that's my – Or you can build differently. Yeah.
2: Like, you don't have any playmakers on the defensive side of the ball.
3: Like, you don't even have – you have none. No, Lee Sachs in the league. We, yeah. we trade them all away. Yeah. Roquan. You're, and and, the, and you,
2: even your offense is like, you, you know, even if you did that, it's like you don't have a weapon. You don't have a receiver for him to throw to. You have just – you have no foundational pieces right now. So I get it. If you had, like, two or three guys and you could say, all right, all he needs is, you know, qu- competent or good quarterback play – I'd say I think that's worth it see what you can pick up for Justin Fields and and let's roll. I just feel like you guys are just too far away. That's true. You know? So I think you just have to ride it out with Fields, try to draft as uh, as, uh, try to build in those foundational pieces with the number one pick and see what you can get out of it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you should just let it ride for now. And honestly, like what kind of deal is he even going to command right now? We don't know. He ain't getting Joe Burrow money. I don't care. Well, it's not
3: even something you have to think about right now just two years in. yeah. But you're right. He's not on that that same trajectory. And to be honest,
2: I'll say this: if he does get Joe Burrow money, it's a good problem for the Chicago Bears to have because that don't mean that dude was awesome. You know, the next two years. I mean, you could say that's the market, but it ain't the market for everybody. You got to be top flight. So if his agent's going in there in two years saying we need to get what uh, you know, I don't know who the next guy would be, Jalen Hurts, Mm -hmm. right? we got to get Jalen Hurts money. That means Justin Fields has had a damn good couple of seasons. would mean that. So it's not a. It's not the worst problem to have. All right, we'll come back. Uncle Phil's going to join us at 125. We'll preview the uh, championship weekend with him. Get a pick. One pick we'll, we'll have for you uh, and talk about uh, the rest of the weekend. Stick around. Jason and John, I turn FM ESPN.
3: Yeah, NFL Conference Championships are this Sunday. You can enjoy more thrills than a two-minute drill on FanDuel. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you've already got an account. Because they're giving all customers a no sweat, no sweat same game parlay. A great deal means you'll get free bets back if your conference championship same game parlay does not hit. You can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to which player's going to score touchdown. Jalen Hurts getting in the end zone. You're going to go over under on the passing yards. Uh, A.J. Brown over under on receiving yards. You can do it like that, or if you can't decide, you can ride with thousands of other fans and bet popular SGPs that are already made for you. Again, those can be great. For beginners just getting new, just getting used to SGPs. New to FanDuel, sign up with the promo code JSMITH to see for yourself why it's America's number one sportsbook. If you already have FanDuel, you're set. You can start building your no sweat same game parlay today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL, number 929 FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Three plus legs, minimum dollar bet required, refund issued as non withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.com.
1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
3: Nine nine seven eight nine. Guests appear on the
5: Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John, live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. All
2: right. Always new women gotta keep a balance... The girl of your dreams to me is probably not a challenge. I've been counted out so many times I couldn't count it. Funny how now my accountant is having trouble trying to count it.
4: To the people that think that I owe you. payback a b- and you know that. Y- Shoot 360
2: right here in Memphis is where you need to go. If you've got a son, daughter, niece, nephew that loves the game of basketball and you want to expose them to it outside of practice hours, Interactive drills, shooting drills, dribbling drills, passing drills. They are going to fall in love even more with the game of basketball. Membership is available out at Shoot360. 85 marks Center Drive-In Car.
3: Well go check it out. Place is awesome. When you walk in, it's like, holy cow, it's a basketball. Heaven. And it truly is. They've even got the little 8 goals for the kiddies if you want to start them really young. And listen, if your kid's got a passion for basketball like mine was showing in that he did when he was four or five years old, this is the place to take him. You want to build that jump shot out right. Build it foundationally. Not have your kid in the backyard just making up his own jumper. That's how you get ugly jumpers. That's how you get Kyle Anderson jumpers. We don't want a Kyle Anderson-looking jumper. You want that thing to be pure, you go out to shoot 360. That's where you fine-tune it. It's not just that jump shot, though. As John knows, it's ball handling, it's passing. It's like a video game out there, and you come out of there, you're back in AAU season, crossing folks over. Hit them in school next year. You're so much better. You got shoot 360 to thank, and your parents aren't paying an arm and a leg. Membership options are great. Check them out. Got a niece, nephew loves basketball. You can do this too. Get them a membership. They'll absolutely love it out there at Shoot. 360. It is the future of basketball training in Memphis at 85 Mark Center Drive in Cairo. All
2: right, uh, Grizzlies are back in action tonight. You can catch that game right here on our turn FM ESPN against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Go, 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 go. As, go. as they attempt to salvage Break this, out of this absolute disaster of a road trip. They are three-point favorites here. Uh, Desmond Bain is questionable uh, to play tonight. I think if he is not playing, that number will not be minus three. That number will come down to I think a pick, Jason. If I had to guess, I believe. I um, might not a pick, but like, how many points is Desmond Bain worth? One, two, two points. <laughs> I'm I'm down with that. I'll, I'll 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 roll two. So Grizzlies would be minus one. Uh, how important is it that they win tonight?
3: Is it probably in the grand scheme of things, not very. Okay. Like we like we said. I mean, you're still what three and a half games against Sacramento in the three spot. Right. So,
2: but, I mean, that, that cushion only exists as long as
3: it exists, my man. Yeah. How worried do you want me to be, though? I want you to be absolutely – I want you to be panicked. I want you to be sweating. Yeah, I don't think any of us are doing that. I think you'd be silly to be at that point now. I feel like my man Sane is getting to that point. Now he's itching. He's ready to make a move, big one, whatever. You're trading away some of your good, big assets for something right now. And yeah. I just say I, – I made this point to him on our podcast um, – you know, we were talking about contending. It, it was a great question he brought up. Can you contend and develop guys at the same time? Who does that? Mm-hmm. We talked about the Grizz coming in this season, the fifth youngest team in the league. Those other teams that are with you, the Houston Rocks, the Orlando Magic, they're down there at the bottom of the league. You're number two in the West. At a time where you're trying to still develop guys like Zaire Williams, Santi Aldama, all that. So you're still hell, you're still developing whether folks want to believe it or not, like John ja Moran and Jaron Jackson. But particularly Jaron Jackson, yeah. like he's still a work in progress. And yet you have the as I put it last night. It's a luxury of doing that at the same time that you were contending. That said, though, the goal was this year, right? Get 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 past the first round like you did last year, and maybe you're moving past the second round into a a Western Conference Finals. And while, yes, your quality of team has put you in a position where maybe you can go even further than that, the the original goal is still that. And so when it comes – so so here's my point to all that. You guys can go make a move for a wing or whatever else, OG or whatever, whatever you want to do, and put them in front of a Zaire, uh, uh, whoever you want, these developmental guys that this front office feels like a – and all you're going to do really at this point is stunt potentially – if there is any growth for Zaire to be had, you know what I'm saying? You're pushing that back for right now, and you don't find teams that have 23 and 24 year olds as their key pieces ready to win NBA titles. This season was always about learning what this group, the five of them that didn't play together but for 11 games last season, will look like in the playoffs. I think it's still that nobody needs to panic here or overreact that they've lost four straight, and 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 you know, drive yourself into some tizzy that now all of a sudden they got to make a big move like this team's broken or fraudulent.
2: Yeah, to your question about who's developing, and contending. I don't think there are widespread examples. I will throw a couple of examples at you. The Nuggets in Bones Highland is one. The Nuggets are atop the West, and Bones Highland is a big-time player for them. Um, Bro, that's one dude. No, it's one dude. It's one dude,
3: exactly. And then I Jokic would, and Jamal are veterans. Yes, and then I would say, um, I'm just giving you players. Yeah, that's like one. The Grizzlies are a developmental team in the sense. They're the fifth-youngest yeah, team in the no. league. I go, mean, go I want to hear your other example though. The there's two in the East. I would say
2: one is uh, it's just one player, but Maxi with Philly, like he's kind of developed on the fly and like been a huge part of what they're doing. But with, again, with one player, big time right? vets
3: all around him.
2: The only other example, the closest team to the Grizzlies is the Cavs. That's the closest team because they have Mobley and Garland, and um, but again, they went out and they got Donovan. Um, and they have Kevin Love, so Jared Allen's a vet. He is a vet. He's been in the league for a while. So I don't think the I don't think there's a lot of teams that are, if any, comparable to what the Grizzlies are trying to do here. And so I think that's probably this is a stretch that kind of reminds us, like, hey, as great as it looked, don't forget that the majority of these dudes are under twenty-five, and it's not
3: always going to be smooth sailing. Well, that to just go back to your point, if win now becomes more important than developing Zaire. Into what you want him to be, then I think it could potentially throw you off the track. Again, that that front office clearly believes in him. Y- you and sane are are done, and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. He may very well be a bust. I, I
2: lean more toward done. But, Dunn but than if not. you try
3: to make a move right now and sit somebody in front of him, when you're gonna know? When 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 is that front office uh, finally that, gonna come to the conclusion that you and sane have? That's true. That, that's what I'm saying. And they're not. You've invested too much to be at that point. Right. And so again, you want to do big move at OG send out Dylan. Go for it, but I don't think that that's this front office's MO at all. They're going to see, they're going to develop their own, see what it looks like in the playoffs, and then make decisions from there. And I think that's the right approach. You don't let a four game slide change that approach.
2: Yeah, because look, they, you know, they did, they had a reason for doing what they did, and they knew it was not going to be an overnight success with Zaire Williams. Well, Kid
3: barely played right at Stanford that last year Uh because of, and how young, what is he, 21? Yep. Yep. So I mean what he needs is run. He may end up being nothing. I'm not ruling that I'm not ruling that out here. But they're gonna see. They're gonna see. I mean, and this all these struggles could be a part of could very well be a part of a of a of a growth process for Zaire that leads to something good. I mean the kid's got tools, there's no question about that. He's giving you length on the perimeter defensively. Well, just a lot to work with there. Zaire gotta produce, clearly, but you're gonna you're going to potentially stunt that by throwing in some role player that might help you this year and be gone a year later? That's I'd rather make sure, you know, that Zaire ain't it, if that's the direction it's going to go.
2: Yep, yep. Anyway, Grizzlies are back in action tonight uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and uh, it would be nice if they could just put an end to this nasty, nasty streak. Like, I'm trying to put an end to this nasty, nasty sinus infection that I got going on, you know, and I'm throwing everything I
3: got at it. Dayquil, amoxicillin, you know, everything I got, brother, green tea. My wife deals with sinus issues and I feel, I I see her pain. This was not
2: something that I dealt with until my child showed up. And now it's like every, just again,
3: it's a never ending cycle of sickness and illness, you know? That's what it feels like. But I thought, I'm so confused because I thought sinus issues weren't infectious. There is a sinus infection.
2: You're, where you're like you're you're uh, there's like bacteria in the. Well, I should uh,
3: contagious. I didn't think oh, yeah. it was, con- you, and you act like it's just being passed around the house. Oh, it's everybody. But that's yeah. something. everybody in our house has it. I thought you just pick it up. I, I thought that's just something you deal with because you have sinus issues, though. No, mm, oh, it's it's contagious. It's a contagious thing. But because I don't have sinus
2: issues, you can't give that to me, can you? Oh, you can have a sinus infection. It's not like it's just like a severe cold, really, is what it is. I mean, that's it's not like I'm in pain or anything like that. It's just like, um, you know, runny nose. So that's
3: not related at all to allergies?
2: No. No, no, no,
3: no, no. Okay. You it's just like, have a cold that you're calling something that you're putting well, this fancy name well, on. Well,
2: that's what Sam and, and Rita got diagnosed with. So what they have, I assume I have.
3: Okay. Well, yeah. as you can tell, I'm not a doctor. Neither am I. I just don't want to get what you have because it, seems, well, it seems permanent.
2: That's why it does. That's why we have this, this, this plexiglass here to protect you from me, okay. really. Um. So Grizz got to end their streak. Nasty, nasty. I'm trying to do the same thing. All right, uh, we'll come back. Uh, Uncle Phil's going to join us. He'll
1: have a pick for you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
5: with jason and john live from the tops barbecue studios on 92.9 fm espn yep
2: it's conference championship weekend we are down to the final four and as we've been joined by him throughout the nfl playoffs the great uncle phil 36 year handicapper joins us now uncle phil what's up brother
5: hey good morning guys how are you guys doing
2: it's a, it's a, it's a little melancholy around here, man. You know, because while I think the, the, these should be absolutely epic matchups, we are down to the last two games, man. We got these, and then we're off for the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a little melancholy.
5: I understand, but fear not. These two games are Goliath matchups. Typically, in the conference championships game, we usually have one team that squeaks by, that everybody's like, "Hey, they're just lucky to get by there," and the other team is definitely the team that's definitely getting through the Super Bowl. We usually kind of know that in advance. This year we do not. What yep. epic matchups we have in the AFC, you have Mahomes against Burrow. It's a very quarterback-centric matchup. In the in the NFC, completely different. You have roster matchups. You have probably the two best rosters in the NFL, and the quarterbacks can be kind of interchangeable. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is excellent, but even um, – you know, when he was out, you saw the offense still move. So going to be really exciting games, and, and and I can't wait.
2: Before we get to this week um, and, and and just these these four teams, uh, I want to look back a little bit. You know, last week the Cincinnati Bengals closed at six-point underdogs at kickoff, um, which was up from three, three-and-a-half, four-and-a-half throughout the week. Um what do you think the market got wrong, so wrong, about the Cincinnati Bengals? Because I, you know, I was racking my brain, you know, over the course of the season. It just feels like that was sort of the most generous line we got, you know, especially with the stakes as high as they were. What did the market get so wrong about the Bengals, and, and maybe the Bills
5: last week? It's what they get wrong every time. They become prisoners of the moment. The weekend before the Bengals played the the Ravens a divisional opponent and squeaked by that game everybody's like oh well the offensive line is is, is not uh it, going to be an issue and and the Bills are at home and it's just going to be one of those games but it's it's really about matchups the Bills defense wasn't able to exploit the the weaknesses in the in the in the Bengals offense and then, of course, the Bills' offense is their offensive line is so weak that the Bengals were able to get pressure. Just as Miami sacked uh, Josh Allen seven times uh, the week before, uh, the Bengals again were able to get pressure. And again, it was just complete coaching mismatch between Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott. Again, people I don't think until that game really realized how weak of a coach Sean McDermott was.
3: Let me ask you this, Uncle Phil, before we get into your breakdowns of these games, too. Does bulletin board material matter to an expert handicapper like you? You know, the the Burrowhead talk that we saw from Cincinnati after the end of that win, and obviously every KC player has been asked about it. Do you factor that in at all, or is that just... That's just mess you don't even pay attention to. By the time you you hit the field, it doesn't matter.
5: I, I think it's it's really good uh, talking points for us during the week. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, beyond that, it may give some extra motivation. But really, at this point, both teams are playing at their highest level. And yep. I, I, I be, after the first kickoff, I really don't give it much credence in that. It's really more about matchups for me. All
2: right. So just to give everybody a recap here, uh, I believe you you split on the show here uh, with the Giants Eagles teaser, but you did get home. Um, what, what, what was the it was the what was the other what was the other pick you gave out on the show, Phil? It, you gave out the Giants Eagles teaser. Forgive me here. And, and maybe you can't remember either, but I know you went one and one. That's what I know. And then you <laughs> went two and you went two and zero oh, uh, on Twitter with the unders uh, of both games and the in uh, the Eagles game and then the in uh, the Cowboys game as well. So again, three and one weekend. If you are following Uncle Phil here and on Twitter on those point totals really quickly because you came on two weeks ago and you were talking about how the divisional round unders first half unders full game is the way to go. Feels like you know as we went 5 and 0 oh, or 5 and 1 to the overs in that round the unders kind of came back out to play last round is that just sort of the regression there the the further we get into these things the
5: higher pressure and higher stakes the these games get it, it, it's a couple things uh not only that but it's also we had some weather we had some we had some weather issues where we didn't have weather the weather was almost unseasonably warm for january uh during the wild card weekend, their divisional rounds, we had weather at both Buffalo and Kansas City that kept those low. And then, of course, the matchup with uh, with Dallas and San Francisco, uh, those teams were just kind of built around defense, and you knew that was going to be kind of a slug bet. So I think you saw that uh, change things. And, of course, uh, with the Eagles-Giants game, I-, I think that one really was kind of lucky to stay under just because – uh, you know, the Giants were just completely out, outmatched. And, of course, five out of six games on the road for them. And by the second half, you could just tell they looked tired, just kind of like Dallas did when Christian McCaffrey was, was getting about one yard per rush during the first half uh, uh, against Dallas. But in the second half, he started gashing them six, seven, eight yards a run. You could see that uh, take place. Them also being on the road five out of six weeks. That came home to roost you saw it come into play.
2: Yeah uh, the other pick was Kansas, Kansas City, City first half
5: that's that's correct.
2: And, and you hit that by the way with Chad Hitty. that was a that was a bet on Chad Hitty and he pulled through for you.
5: <laughs> I don't know if I'd have made that bet if I'd known Chad Henney was playing but <laughs> hey we uh, uh, and that was the longest the longest playoff drive in Kansas City history.
2: Real quick, wow, and it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. insane. Real quick, before we get into the matchups, what did that drive show you, if anything, about the Chiefs with Chad Henne there at the two-yard line, going down and finishing it off, paying it off with a touchdown? Was there anything in in that drive that was perhaps you know you could extrapolate and and and, and did it say anything about the offense at large? even without Mahomes?
5: Well, it, it it does say that, look, Andy Reid has full faith in his backup quarterbacks. You know, we've seen it before where he's put uh, his backup quarterback in and he's had to make a throw on fourth down and short, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. But he really trusts uh, his, his, his offense. He trusts his players, and I think that's why uh, players love playing for Andy Reid so much. But it also... I don't want to overhype Kansas City too much because, again, the Jags are one of the worst third-down defenses in the NFL. So, again, there's a, I think each win that you looked at last week, there's a little bit of fool's gold with some of it, and, and the market will tend to overreact to that where you have to balance this out.
3: All right. Go ahead, just go ahead. Go ahead. Was going to get into the breakdown. Yeah.
2: So uh, we will kick things off with, uh, I believe, the first game of the weekend. First game of Sunday is Eagles and 49ers. This has been, I believe it, opened to the public here in the in, you know the legalized world at Eagles minus one and a half. It is now up to Eagles minus two and a half. It did touch three for ten minutes this morning, and that immediately got bought back down to two and a half. Uh, painted to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles here. What do you think about this matchup? You mentioned it. I mean, the rosters are obviously super evenly matched. Is there an edge here? Do you like anything in this game, Phil?
5: Well, I I think it's going to be interesting. Look, I I think that for the Eagles on offense, the Eagles are going to have to – there's not going to be much room on the middle of the field for them. Uh, uh, But you saw with Lenore and Ward, they gave up some plays to DK Metcalf. Uh, a couple weeks ago with Seattle and you feel like that there's not going to, just like the uh, the Cowboys didn't find much room to run. I don't think the Eagles will either, but I expect Jalen Hurts to throw outside the numbers in deep. And and I think that uh, there's some opportunities there and if and if Lauren Moore aren't, and those are great defensive backs, but if they're not on their game there's going to be some opportunities to go deep there. And I don't I don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to make the mistakes that Dak made uh, last week. But, um, you know, the question is, is that once they make those big plays, if they don't result in touchdowns, because I do think they'll make two or three of those plays, will, will they result in, uh, in touchdowns? Or are they just going to be field goals? So that's going to be really interesting from the Eagles' perspective. From the 49ers Look, there's still out on Brock Purdy right now. There's some things that he does well, but, but there are a couple things that are concerning to me. When he when he feels pressure, he does two things you don't want to do. He retreats and he goes to his left. Both are bad things. And the Eagles are going to bring some pressure. You know, they play primarily a four-man front, but and they have the most sacks in the NFL this year, and I think the third most since they started tracking sacks, of all time so there's going to be pressure there the great news about Brock Purdy is he has weapons he has that opportunity we talked about last week with that 21 personnel as their base front where they have two running backs and they have one tied in gives them lots of opportunities and lots of weapons and the one thing Kyle Shanahan does is if you're playing on the field he uses you every weapon use checks getting the ball everybody's getting the ball so that's what I see in this game, and I see a little bit of a, of a chess match in this game because, again, it's roster versus roster, and you don't want to, to lose the game because I really feel like whichever quarterback, and I think it's going to come down to quarterback, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy, whichever one of those turns the ball over, throws an interception, loses a fumble on a strip sack, that's going to be, that potentially, I think that's going to be the game. I'll just go ahead and say it. I think that's going to be the game, but for me... I think the number, a two-and-a-half to three, I think is about the right number for a home-field advantage in this game. What I do see, though, is, again, I see this chess match coming out a little bit in the, uh, in the first half. And so I'm going to go ahead and give you my best bet this weekend. My Here we go! Bet. Here we go. Is the San Francisco-Philadelphia first-half under 23.
2: There you have it, folks. Uncle Phil's right. best bet of the weekend. Uh, first half under 23. Uh, Philadelphia, San Francisco. Real quick, Phil, we do want to get your thoughts on this. Nick Sirianni, despite being the one seed in the NFC, despite the development with Jalen Hurts, was not a finalist in the AP Coach of the Year. Was that a snub in your opinion?
5: Well, I mean, I think that there's potentially people that were on the bubble there with Nick Sirianni. I mean, uh, you know, look at... Uh, you know, look at the uh, uh, Detroit Lions. I mean, what they've done this year. I mean, you could easily say mm-hmm. there was a snub there as well. So, but the Eagles, uh, I think. I think Nick Sirianni got penalized because his roster is so good, and that's unfortunate. Uh, I, I think that if you're the number one team in the NFL, I mean, they're, you're there for a reason, but. You also have to look at the Eagles. The Eagles, one thing I left out of the matchup, which I think also kind of played in this as well, is that the Eagles had the number one easiest schedule, strength of schedule, in the NFL this year. Mm. So that, some people looked at that as well, is like, hey, you did well, you did it with a great roster, but you also had the easiest schedule in the entire NFL. And so that may have played in it as well, but... Look, I think he gets to, you know, like any coach or any player, you get to prove it on the field. And uh, and certainly I think that provides some extra motivation for him.
3: All right, Uncle Phil, Bengals at Chiefs, the late game. That line's gone back to KC now, a one-and-a-half point favorite. Looks like Patrick Mahomes is healthy. What you looking for in this one?
5: Well, he's healthy as far as we know. We've seen We've seen video of him walking downstairs, and we've seen him jogging on the field. But it's all been in a straight line. With the high ankle sprain, it really comes about torque, and it and it and it's and it's really turning it, and that is really painful. And when they um, when they inject that high ankle sprain, they do it between the tibia and the fibula, and it's it's not in the ankle; it's above the ankle. It's in between those two bones, and that the the medicine drains down the ankle, and it really and the foot really just kind of becomes numb. But when you torque it and turn, that's when the excruciating pain. Uh, develops and so will Patrick Mahomes be able to extend the plays like he had before now that being said back in 2019 and in the season over he had a high ankle sprain and the very next week against the then Oakland Raiders he came out and threw for four touchdowns and 440 yards (laughs) so you you could say that in the pocket Patrick Mahomes it could be potentially even more lethal uh, because of that now uh, what I see in in this game, I see uh, I, I see Patrick Mahomes doing that. But the one thing that Lou Anarumo has done really well against against the Chiefs is that when Travis Kelsey, nobody is able to contain Travis Kelsey except for the Bengals. When Travis Kelsey uh, when he goes in motion or was when he's on when he's the third re- inside receiver on one side, the Bengals always drop their defensive end to bracket him and cover him and cut that safety net off for Patrick Mahomes. And if they're able to contain him, I really think that the Bengals have the potential to have an edge there. But I think we'll know very early in this game how it's going to go. But I think there's going to be – I think there's potentially going to be a lot of points in this game. I know that's a little bit contrarian in the fact that in a cold-weather game like that, Typically, field goals take the hit, and that takes points off the board. But I don't know that I see a lot of field goals happening in this game. I think I think these teams go up and down the field, but it should be a really entertaining game.
2: So there you have it. Uh, official play from Uncle Phil this weekend here on the show, giving out the San Francisco 49ers Philadelphia Eagles first half under. And I, and I, I love that because I think you're dealing with much like last weekend, you're dealing with two really physical defenses that want to run the ball and that want to hold on a possession. you know I just don't I don't think that's a game where you're going to see a lot of possessions. I think both teams are going to want to sit on it and ask their quarterbacks to do as little as they possibly can. So I love the under in the first half. I love the under in the full game, and I think it's going to be an absolute slobber knocker. More picks this weekend on Twitter, Uncle Phil. More
5: picks this weekend on Twitter. Follow me at Uncle Phil's Locks, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and also follow my new YouTube uh, channel as well because I will be doing breakdowns on that one as well. So thank you, guys. You too. Thank you, Uncle Phil.
2: Uncle Phil is expanding. The brand is blowing up. Love it. Hey, thank you, Uncle Phil. Appreciate you, brother. Let's roll, guys. Let's roll. He is Uncle Phil joins us uh, throughout the NFL season, and he will be joining us throughout the college football season as well All right. next year. So uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I agree with him on um, on a number of things. I think that number with Philly is right, and I think the uh, I think the under is the way to go there um, with with a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks are zero and four in conference championship games, so I think Shanahan is going to be asking as little of Brock as Non-Scapone. he can. Um, and, look, he can make plays if he has to. You know, we've seen that time what, and time again.
3: Sound like he was leaning – Going on the over yes. on the 47 the other game, what do you think? you think a high score?
2: Yeah, I tend to I tend to there think too? so. I, I think it's close to the number. I mean, I, I think it's 48, you know, in some spots now. Uh, I could see it being, you know, 27-23, you mm-hmm. know, something along those lines. I think that's what it was last year, 27-24. I think there will be points in that game, though, because I just don't think either defense is that great, um, and, wow. and, and, and the Chiefs will – the Chiefs will, you know, do what the Bills could not last weekend, and that's score touchdowns. So uh, should be a great weekend yep. of football. Looking forward to it. Thanks to Uncle Phil for joining us, as always. We'll come-
6: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy.
2: Thanks, Uncle Phil, for joining us us today on the show. Hey, rest in peace to one of the broadcasting greats, Billy Packer, uh, passed away. His family announced yesterday his last game for CBS, just as a matter of trivia, was Memphis, Kansas, the national championship game. I had no
3: idea that was good.
2: Yep. And uh, it was funny because I went back and watched it. I don't remember anything. That happened in that game, in overtime. Like, <laughs> I think I think as a collective city, we just like turned the turned the game. Do you remember anything that happened? I remember Joey fouled out in regulation, and then Chalmers with the shot, and you just felt like there was no way. Right. Memphis was going to win this game in overtime. So I don't remember anything that happened. Do you? I'm pretty much in the same boat. Like, did Memphis ever have a
4: chance in overtime? SSW.
2: Yeah, I mean that that that, that is a sound bite Billy Packer would have approved of.
4: I thought I had my Billy Packer, I apologize. That's all good. It's fine. It's
2: man. all good. Hey, Billy Packer would have uh, Billy Billy Packer gets it. He was a yeah, pro. I had
4: a Billy Packard in here from that big call. Be- beg your pardon.
2: Yeah, that's all good. Um but yeah, that was his last game for uh for CBS. So, uh rest in peace to uh to Billy Packer and uh appreciate all the great calls over the years. But yeah, I, I just I was I was like, what happened in overtime? Did anything? think that he, I, and I don't I don't recall. I think I just blacked out. You know, it's like when Joe Burrow said, I'm him. He just blacked out.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I think we all did. At that point, you knew it was over, like you said. So, uh, but I
2: hope Memphis can get there again someday. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to get him on that stage w- once again.
3: So, Raftery took over after, I think so, yeah. With Nance yeah. after 08. Yeah, yeah and, and some people I, some, no idea this was his last game. There was no controversy. Did he just retire, Billy Packard? He, I think his deal just ran out with CBS and he was older, yeah. I mean, Damn. well, I mean, Raftery. It's older. Yeah, he is. But he's a he's an icon.
2: Packer was a little uh he's a little ornery. Kinda ornery. Yeah. Kinda ornery. So <laughs> some
3: I was people just reading about him having to apologize to some Duke students.
2: Well that was back in the day. That was back in that was uh
3: two thousand. Yeah.
2: Well I guess if you couldn't get away with it in two thousand, you certainly would can't get away with it in twenty twenty two. Yeah, he said something like, um, what are a bunch of women telling me what what I can't and can't, can't go to? Go to a women's basketball game or something like that?
3: Since when do we let women control who gets into a men's basketball game?
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I mean, look, it was the 2000s. Every, <laughs> anything was going in 2000.
3: Bruh. Isn't
2: it crazy all right, all right, how, so- got, how
3: quickly society yeah. changes? I mean, we probably shouldn't be talking about this on his death. I mean, wow. it wasn't uh, certainly you, not the highlight. Uh, the, but the he, did, cool. he did follow up. Why don't you go find a women's game to let people into?
5: <laughs> hey, hey, that but,
3: man didn't give y'all. Was
2: that honorary or just whoa. downright rude as hell? But isn't it crazy though? How like in 23 years that can go from something that like he just was saying, anybody was just saying, and now it's like if you said that in this day and age, you would immediately be fired and canceled. This is why you got to be careful with those Lizzo clips that that you got out there, John. I don't have any clips out there. I, all that stuff is self-contained. But, yeah, like, it's, it's just, it's wild. It's just, it's totally crazy to me how how quickly. And, and look, you shouldn't be saying things like that, right? Like, I'm, I'm obvious.
3: No, you should not. But, you know, it used to no. fly. It used to fly. Not really. He didn't That'd get be- no disciplinary mm-hmm. action for that. I'm sure he was made to apologize to that uh, Duke University student newspaper, or whatever it was. Yeah. Or they were, his comments, his apology was published in the Duke oh, really? University student-run newspaper, yes and apologize to two duke university students for those yeah. comments.
2: Well, another thing that Jason and I were talking about and this is unrelated to Billy Packer, but we were starting we came in here on Monday, we were talking about it. You don't see comics come out anymore. Like the like all the you know, genre of comedy, it's like Chappelle, it's Chris Rock, it's guys who have been doing it and girls who have been and and who, you know, guys and and women who have been doing it, you know, for a long long time because it's so hard to be funny starting out in 2023 because the the nature of a comedian is to push the envelope, right? Mm-hmm. It's to it's to, you know, get as close to the line as you possibly can without obviously being offensive to a certain group of people, but you know, you don't see the new age comics anymore, man, because I think people don't want to try anymore. They don't want to try to 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 push those boundaries because the boundaries are closer than they've ever been. And so you know the only way you're it's harder to become successful mm-hmm. in that way <clears throat> um and i think that's why you just don't like who's the who's the new age comedian bro who's the who's the Who's the new guys? Who's the new guys out there? Your your boy James Farmer or whatever his name was. He ain't never we ain't never gonna hear from that dude ever again. Ingram or Ingram something. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. I, he's opening though. Like he's you know, he's never gonna have a show. He's, he's never,
3: opening on one of the best shows we've ever been put together. We've no, ever seen. It's,
2: it's fair, but he's not he's not gonna have his own tour and show. It's not gonna happen. Those guys don't come around anymore. You gotta be established. The early two thousands and mid two thousands, where it felt like there was a new comedy dude every freaking weekend. You know? And, like, everywhere, Comedy Central, stand-up, all that, like, everybody wanted to be a comedian. And now it's like nobody wants to be a comedian because you can't. You get, like, you get canceled.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, Monday was a lot like a throwback then, to your point. I know comedy's changed a little bit in terms of the uh, folks' willingness to do, you know, jokes that cross racial boundaries, those kind of things, joke about race. Monday night, Chappelle and them threw that out the window. Well, that's why people— Is it raunchy? I mean, he did. You know, racial jokes. All of it's on all, the table. All in bounds that night. You know, and that, yeah. you can't that those too. Right? It's where they the are in their careers, in a way. Yeah. At this point, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but it was to to kind of go back to the old days Murphy where Murphy and Raw, where they were more those yeah. racial jokes more common, and, and frankly, you expected them. Yeah. I mean, you know. Whether you're talking about your own race or another one, yeah, yeah. Whether it's Asians, and, of course, Chappelle is married to an Asian woman. Yeah. um, But whether it's Asians, white people, black people, it was all in bounds on, on Monday night with those, you know, those legends. With those old titans of yeah. comedy,
2: that's I think that's why people wanted to go to that show because they know what they represent—the old bastion, the old, old guard—a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know; it's just something to think about, something to consider and ponder over the weekend. It's a tougher
3: job these days. It is because you got to be careful what you're trying to be funny about. It now. is. It's yeah. like kids. You're right. It's right. like kids. It's bop. Different profession.
2: You know, all comedy is kids' Bop now.
3: All the new stuff.
2: <laughs> Saturday Night Live. That's why I can't. I can't watch it. Can't watch it. It's too sanitized for me. You know, I want something. I want some racism. I want some sexism. I don't. I'm kidding. But, like, you get what I'm saying. Like, I want some edginess. You know, let's push the boundaries yeah, a little bit. At least
3: bit. to be able to joke about it.
2: Those when days I'm are not. over, man. Those days are totally over. It's going to do it for us today on the show. Appreciate Uncle Phil for joining us on the show. And uh, thanks to Anthony Saint for dropping on as well. Gina and Jeffrey up next.
1: Don't miss it. For Jason, I'm John. We're going. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.